0: Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey, everyone. We are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. So you're living in Raleigh now, mm-hmm. and you went to ECU. That's in Greenville,
1: Greenville, North Carolina. Yep.
0: Right. Okay. So you are you just been a North Carolina person for a long time. Man,
1: <laughs> I've been born and raised in North Carolina, but I'll share. I, I took a moment um, and and went to uh, South Florida, where I served as Chief Comms Officer at Florida Atlantic University. So Carolina. best three and a half years of my life because we were down there in sunny South Florida. We lived like less than two minutes from the beach and my wife loved it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, home called us so we had to come back.
0: Okay. Well, she can still have nice beaches in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, nice yeah. Clothes. I'm going to tell you the truth
1: though. Ain't nothing like, you know, being like 35 minutes from Miami. Yeah. Like, we were in Boca Raton so okay. we were like right there in the thick of things. And you know, it really is. They always talk about like LA and other places being the cities that don't sleep yeah. but it's true like Like those major tourism areas, like there was always something to do. There was always music, concerts football games basketball game you name it stuff was happening yeah. uh, so it was cool like my 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 uh, oldest daughter she's nine now she loved it mm-hmm. uh, but then we had Jordan our youngest who's three going on 16 mm-hmm. and um, she she only knew it for like a moment before okay. we decided to move back yeah. to Carolina so, yeah.
0: yeah yeah so Carolina called and you have been answering oh my god <laughs> no,
1: I don't know how to say no I gotta do a better job of that I gotta do a better job
0: so you do, of course, have your own business, but you're also very involved in like the collegiate system here. So I do want to dive into that a little bit. Okay. So you're an East Carolina grad, like you said, you do some work with Elon University, which is kind of in Alamance, uh, Rockingham County area. And then you also have a position at NC State. So what has it been like being in the communications marketing field in the college arena?
1: Yeah, no. I'll tell you the truth. It is lonely, uh, and when I say lonely, I mean in the sense of there ain't a lot of folks that look like me in this space, right? Um, and so it, it it has certainly been a joy to to kind of grow up in this work. I oftentimes say uh, I started out as a, a web developer. Right. So I was at I went to school, like you mentioned, at East Carolina University. Uh, I'll never forget it. My first job right out the bat was like twenty five thousand seven hundred and fifty five dollars. I'm decent with numbers when it comes to me being paid. So like twenty five thousand seven hundred fifty five dollars was my first job fresh out of college. I wasn't even out of college yet. I was actually a junior at East Carolina University and was about to start a full time job. Um, And I and I enjoyed it. I was the webmaster for the Department of Student Experience. Uh and from there it just kind of grew into hey man like we have to have communication right there, there are so many important things but communication at the end of it is the essence by which we kind of learn each other build relationships right mm-hmm. annoy each other love each other whatever it is and so I'll share it you know going back to your original question it has been both lonely and rewarding being again like you know it's like less than one percent of 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 black people hold, uh, if you will, jobs of, of leadership or management within this space, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm very much aware of that. Oftentimes, when I'm in rooms with my other counterparts and colleagues, um, so that's the that's the it's been lonely part, right? It's been kind of, you know, but the the other part of that, again, the rewarding part is like proving every day that we can do this work too. Okay. Right. And that we belong in these spaces and that, you know, our uniqueness, our creativity, our ambition, our determination, our resilience allows us the opportunities to kind of really explore you know, how to touch audiences in different ways. Uh, and so that has been a blessing. Um, it certainly has, and especially in the higher education space, because every year there's a new audience, right? Every year there's a new something uh, that we have to, to stay ahead of. Uh, and we're always talking about innovation, right? right. So, so that's so important.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to innovation, when it comes to Creating a space that is a little less lonely by incorporating who you are and your culture and your upbringing and all that you are as a person of color and as a black person into quote unquote professional space, right? That's not yeah. the only way to be professional or whatever that even means at this point. But um, when it comes to that, when it came to carving out your own space and carving out your own voice as a communications person, what was that like for you?
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. I'll tell you uh, initially for me, it was very much one of those things of, man, do you really want to go down this road? Right. Like we always come to two forks. Right. It's like I can get a job or I can build a career. Mm -hmm. Right. I can I can build a career or I can create a brand. Right. And, and, And so when I think about it, The first road I took was, okay, I want more than a job. I want to build a career, right? And so when I said earlier that I grew up in this work, I started out as a web developer. Then I said, okay, well, no real website exist without photography and graphics and things of that nature. And so I learned photography and videography, right? Uh, I learned graphic design. uh, I taught myself all of those things. And so it has been daunting, right, to grow up in this space. But it is also, as I mentioned earlier, rewarding to be able to look back and now, you know, manage creative teams. I've had teams of anywhere from 32 full-time employees to being the single man on the totem pole that's got to figure out how to make sure this gets out all of this stuff gets done and we got to make sure coffee and everything else is going right <laughs> so it it, it is certainly uh, uh, been like i said it's it's been hard work right it's been a lift but i've enjoyed every moment of it because again once you have it right once you've taught yourself these things nobody take that away from you cool. and the moment you decide to build a career right not just have a job but build a career something that you care about you, believe it or not, begin to veer off into that lane of also creating a brand, yeah. right? And so, so I'm super excited about where I am and where I'm headed.
0: Okay. Um, So kind of going into, one, recognizing that, hey, I'm a minority in this space. Um, I don't feel like a minority in this space (laughs) because I feel capable. I feel like I belong, and I want to make sure that other people also feel that way. What has it been like for you to put yourself out there on platforms like this, on platforms like the Black Issues Forum by uh, UNC-TV, and even creating your own brand with Substantial? What has that been like in just carving out a space where you're not only doing the work, but being seen for doing the work and expressing yourself and having a voice.
1: That's good. I'll tell you, that's heavy, right? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you really truly think about it, it it, it is one of those things where you're you're always being constantly looked at on both fronts, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, On on the side of the professional that's saying, hey, we listening to see what he's going to say, right? (laughs) Then on the side of those folks looking in going, man, like, I I, I, I always wondered what his story was. Mm making sure that you say enough, right, to, to, to be able to encourage, inspire someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's heavy. I'll share with you that for me, I show up in every space, my unapologetic, authentic self, mm-hmm. right? I oftentimes uh, have been credited for saying, I'm just a boy from Halifax County, North Carolina, just trying to figure out how to make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and if I can continue to show up in that way, people begin to understand the genuineness—the genuineness that is Greg Hedgepath, yeah. right? And so, regardless if I'm on this platform, like issues form, sitting in a meeting, surrounded by other people, that's like, "Oh, so Greg, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna market this? How are we gonna brand it?" Right? Mm-hmm. I have now this this ability to just say, "Hey." this is what I know, right? Mm-hmm. This, this is what, this is what it is. And this is what we're going to do. Right. right. And, and let's throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just to go back to your question, it's, it's been, it's been heavy, but it's exciting mm-hmm. at times to, to, to be called, right. It's humbling to, to again, be called by folks like yourself and, and be asked to, you know, join and give my experiences and my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and, and, And then know that that's going to be packaged up and shared with others, so many others. So that that's awesome.
0: Yeah, Um, you sound you're you're like beating the drum for like, man, this is great, this is great, this is great. Even though you kind of started off like, this is lonely. This is I recognize the place that I was in, and I just. Took lemons and made lemonade, and now I'm here now. (laughs) If I can say that, I don't know, T.I. might find me or something. (laughs) I love it. um, I think, you know, Substantial Magazine is someone or a company that people may not necessarily know with you specifically because you do have a team of people that work there with you now. um, And that it's interesting in that you have a magazine, but you're also exploring different mediums for communications and marketing, which I think really speaks to the fact that, no matter what your age is, you know, there's always something new to learn. There's always some a new way you can approach things. and the way that things have been in the past doesn't mean they have to be that way in the future. but yes. you know, you can always bring that experience from the past and apply that to new new technology that are available to us like podcasts, like. Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse and things like that and getting on specific shows like UNC TV which is amazing that they have a concept like yes. that now at a major university. I'm so happy to see that. So what has been your experience in just continuing to Define what communications means to you, and the teams that you work with, and the people that you work with, having been in the space for so long.
1: Yeah. Oh man, you made me sound old. No, <laughs> you're not old. Just, just say, wow, you've been in this space so long. Not no, long No, no I'm just joking. I'm gonna give you a hard time. Um, but I, I'll share you. I have. I think back on it, and I've been in the space for about 15 and a half years, right? There are colleagues of mine that have been in it way longer, have done way more things, but I am always uh, uh, so super excited to share it as like like I've I've done some stuff too. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, it's always good to be like, yeah, I've, I've done some stuff too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so y- you hit it right on the head. Like I think about when we initially created substantial, right. And, and if I can just have a, a short plug, like substantial is, uh, a, a, a multi um, media platform that exists, right. Mm-hmm. To do exactly what you're doing, right. To share the stories, positive stories of black folks, man, black and Brown people that are out here doing some extraordinary things. Um, and we're also here to talk about the relevant issues that directly affect our communities. Um, and when we think about that, right, we were like, at the end of the day, it has no other name but substantial because of the definition Right. right. It's of considerable importance, size, and worth, being strongly built and made. That's you. That's me. That's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. That's everything that we contribute to society. In some way, shape, form, or fashion, it is substantial. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about that, I immediately go, there's no way now that we do anything less than that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about product innovation, when we think about branding, I immediately go, there's no way I'm going to know everything we should be doing, right? Right? So I've got to build a team of people around me that have their own unique skill sets and talents, and they bring these amazing ideas to the table. But then I also have to make sure that you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I don't get stuck in my own product life cycle of we've always done it this way, right? Copy, paste, repeat. Um, you know, I always, I, I, I tell my students oftentimes because I'm a professor over at Shaw University, I often tell my mass communication students, I said, can you imagine if we all rode on the same plane that the Wright brothers flew? Or would you be willing uh, to have a bag phone that you kind of carry around, right? It's like, oh, this is my, like it's mobile, right? It ain't the latest, greatest Apple 13, iPhone 13. But I mean, it's a mobile phone. Would you walk around with that? So as we accept the fact that products have continuously been uh, uh, evolved and innovated, why can't we do that, right? And so that's how I run my brand. That's how I run my thinking and mythology, uh, philosophy, if you will, around just being a professional communicator. It's like, yo, can you imagine if I was still trying to reach people by snail mail, right? Like like millennials or other people. They're like, man, like we're on, we're on like Twitter and, and TikTok and Instagram and all of this stuff. I'm like, nah, like I just send you, like I got dial up, like I'm AOL in this thing or something like, so in, in essence, I'm like, we have to do that. We have to force ourselves to evolve. And in the moment that we get uncomfortable, that's when magic happens. Mm -hmm. Right. The moment that we're like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Try it. Yeah. Right. Just try it. Yeah. Um, And you'd be surprised at what the results could be, especially if you put in the work. Yeah. That's the other part of it. You got to be willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Don't just try something and go, oh, it didn't work. Right. You've got to do that due diligence. Oftentimes I I start my team meetings. I am like, hey, listen, man, due diligence tells us that we got to do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus the easy way of just picking one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that answers your question. Yeah, I, it it's all over the all over the place. I'm a, you can tell I'm a communicator, right? I love to talk. So.
0: That's good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so bringing it back here a little bit, too substantial. You were really able to hone down on that name and really identify what it means to share stories of black and brown people and you know the work that they contribute to their communities and to society at large and what that means you know that's not a small thing you know you may say that we are a small part of the population but everything that we do pushes society forward because we are here
1: right?
0: and so when it comes to we're for people watching this now we're filming this during February which is Black History Month and I'm not sharing this episode during February um, because I don't uh, one because I had already planned to do it in March but also because you know, I do feel like there is something to be said about not confining, sharing stories of color, stories of black people to any one month. You know what I mean? Like I'm not just going to magically start sharing Asian American stories during whatever month that is. Like that's just not going to (laughs) happen. You know, because every day we wake up, we do things that, you know, are important to us that push the needle forward in some way, shape or form. And even going back to you know, before modern times, before now, you know, people of color have always made contributions to society that have been substantial yes. and that have been meaningful. And so when it comes to, I guess, now niching down and telling stories so specifically about black and brown people with that magazine and with that outlet and with that platform, you know, what does it? What has been your thought process in holding down on sharing those stories? Because it is important that those stories have a platform. I do agree with that. But what is your response to people saying, well, why do you only share those stories? Or why is it important to have a separate outlet for those stories?
1: No, that's a great question. And and shout out to the fact that I feel like this moment is exactly where I'm supposed to be because I literally just almost said the exact same thing earlier today <laughs> regarding Black History Month, right? It was like, oh man, why is Black History Month so important? And why do we celebrate it in February? And I was like, like make no mistake, February is the time that we lift up and we celebrate the rich histories and substantial contributions of our black brothers and sisters to society, to our country, to the world. Yeah. But we are substantial 365 days of every year. Right. And that is so important that we make sure that my, I told you earlier, I've got a nine-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter that it is so important that they know we are so much more than just, yeah. right? And that so much more than just would be whatever the narrative is that mainstream media continues to push, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so so, getting back, though, to your question of why do we only tell those stories? Because those stories need to be told, right? right? Positive stories of, of black people, of brown people, people of color mm-hmm. that are doing amazing things. Right. Right. And they ain't got to necessarily and shout out to every one of my athletes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to every one of my professional rappers and singers. But we are so much more than just. Mm-hmm. Right. We are uh, bankers. We're politicians. We are business owners. We are creatives. We are artists. We are. Man, I'm just telling you, like at the end of the day, it's exactly why our motto is we are substantial. And so is our purpose. Yeah. Right. Is because At the end of it all, there are so many stories out there, so many narratives that are being told about the black and brown community, about people of color, that it is important that we just sprinkle a little bit of something in there to give it a little seasoning, to give it a little bit more than what it has, right? Because it's oftentimes, you know, you'll see, and I remember, I grew up in Halifax County, and so often we wanted to make it to the newspaper, Mm. right? We had a black newspaper in our community. And and it was fine that we would publish stories in that space and and, and folks would be mentioned and named and churches and all of those things. But it was something about being mentioned in that newspaper, in the in the mainstream, the big, the major paper in that space, right? And so in my mind, I went like, well, well, at what point can we have our own main paper? (laughs) Right? Like at what point can we be excited over the fact that we were featured in substantial? Right. Um, and so I am continuously trying to create that. Um, and, and we've got a long way to go, right? Shout out to the the, the big mainstream black media uh, uh, companies out there like Revolt, like Blaverty that's coming along. You know, the, the giants like Essence and Ebony and others that have done it well before me. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's just something to be said about honing in on those stories of ordinary people that are doing extraordinary things right here in our area that you look up and you go, I had no idea Angela was doing all of these podcasts and she all over the place and national. and Or I had no idea that the first uh, uh, chief justice was a black woman that did X Y Z or And so it's so super cool to be a part of telling those stories, right? I always tell people, it's like, man, I'm just... I'm just telling the story. You're the one doing it, like you know. Yeah. So, so that's 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 why uh, we do what we do, and why we continue to believe it's so important to do it, especially right now, right? You think about just the polarization and some of the uh, unconscious and conscious bias and prejudice and racism that's happening right now in our in our nation. It's so important that we continuously develop outlets yeah. and pour positivity into the world.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk about two things that you mentioned just just now. One. I said was, a lot. You did. Said a lot. A lot. You said two? Okay. You got two of them. There they're, they're are big two, though. So one of them is a feeling. I think what's really interesting about brand stories and why I'm so thankful to have this podcast is to get people's why, um, yes. why they do things. And having a platform. Is, is one thing, but creating a feeling of being excited yeah, nice. about being in the news, that is not something that you always hear from black people now. I think back in the day it would have been nice to, you know, oh, my mom is featured in the newspaper. Now it's like if somebody came up to me, they're like, hey, I saw you on the news, and it's like, for what? you know like (laughs) like what i do you know like you know you gotta you gotta be careful like that feeling (laughs) isn't that's awesome (laughs) you know like it's not it's not the same anymore but it is nice to have people that like i want to create that feeling where people do get excited about like oh i saw you you're featured in so stay oh that's great you saw it yeah like sharing it it, you know doing big things you know Like, know, (laughs) like you know you feel good about about being in in a space where you know there's going to be some positivity attached to it you know there's going to be Honesty and unbridled honesty and, and um, culturally re- relevant topics related to you as a person. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting now. Um, and to anybody that gets featured in the newspaper, be happy. I'm just saying for <laughs> me, if you told me that I, I don't know if I would be like super happy out of the game, <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs>
1: you know? especially if i ain't had nothing to do with it, yeah. like, if I don't know what is in there. But
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the other thing is like you kept referring to mainstream media. And podcasts especially now in recent times, you're on Twitter, you know they have not been getting a good a bad rap, whether that's black podcast or white podcast or any podcast. <laughs> they have not yeah. been getting the best rap. I feel like podcasts in general are an interesting space. Some video podcasts, whatever you want to call it, because those are also the ones that have been getting a bad rap. Um, I won't say the man that will be named as Spotify, but there's also some that like fit and fresh have been getting really bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like other ones. Um, and it's like the videos there, it sucks. But like, it, um, you, you are oh, in a space now where it is relatively affordable to create your own media brand, media yes. company, media platform in whatever way you see fit, whether that's YouTube, whether that's podcasting, whether that's a combination of both, whatever, um, a magazine, print digital however you want to go about it so the line between mainstream media or the media that people consume and independent media like small creators like our relatively small creators like ourselves, is blurring very very much Um, and I think I even saw a report that said now a lot of times YouTube is up there in people's decision-making process for video watching online. So it's like a lot of people, myself included. It's like, am I going to watch YouTube or am I going to watch Netflix? Am I going to watch YouTube or am I going to watch Hulu? YouTube, HBO. Like YouTube is up there. So these are people that have much less production <laughs> money than people on HBO and Netflix and things like that. Yes. So the line is blurring so so much between what is now considered to be a trusted resource, what is now considered to be mainstream media, and as someone who is in kind of both of those fields now where you are technically mainstream media working with colleges and universities, but you're also independent media with substantial and that you can do what you want, say what you want, publish what you want and not be beholden to a network or Mm. someone like that. Like what has been your approach in creating media communications outreach and things like that, that really is meaningful and that really is respective to each platform like is the strategy different for you know when you're Creating and crafting campaigns for universities versus substantial—is it the same? Do you always use the same lens when you're telling stories? Like, what is your approach?
1: Wow, that is such a great question, (laughs) and I love how you laid into that. That is so cool. (laughs) So I'll share with you again, as I mentioned, right? I show up as my authentic, genuine, unapologetic self in both of these spaces. Like, I'm always asking myself, "What would Greg Hedgepeth do?" Hmm. Right? It's like, "What would What would Greg Hedgepeth want to see? How would Greg Hedgepeth want to hear this?" Mm -hmm. And then because of those unique nuances and experiences that I have of wearing so many different hats, right? Mm -hmm. Serving at a predominantly white institution, serving at a historically black college and university, serving in community Mm -hmm. at certain points in time, uh, and then serving as a professional in spaces. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking, how would those audiences want to receive this information? Mm -hmm. How would they consume it? What would be the first thing that pops into their minds when they see this headline and byline or uh, when they watch this video? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm oftentimes uh, in my own space saying, you know, for lack of better words, like what's going to say? Mm. right like it is so important that we understand everything that we are passionate about is because we are passionate about it. <laughs> that don't mean everybody else is right <laughs> you just laid it out you said, man podcasts and videocasts is getting a bad rap right now <laughs> but for them, they're like, man, I'm passionate about the stories I'm telling and I want to tell them right yeah. And so they do that and so in my mind, I am always thinking like why is, so what who cares why is this important to someone else mm-hmm. right and making sure that we pull that out of it right uh, what at its core at its essence is so important? and vital that this community, these people, these consumers, readers, audiences, call them what you may, they're gonna to want to see this. They're gonna to want to hear it, right? And then the other side, or the flip side of that, is in the professional space. I'm going, what are those guys like? And please don't get it. Like, forgive me. The, both professional spaces, mm-hmm. but in my in my professional hat, I wear in the as the university communicator, right? University marketer. Um, I am always thinking rules, regulations, guidelines, right? I won't say I'm confined to things, but from a branding perspective, I've, I've got to answer to someone, yeah. right? But in that independent space, though, (laughs) let me tell you, it is so cool to be able to go, let's try that, Mm -hmm. right? Let's do this. Uh, And so in a sense, those approaches are a little different. Because on one end, I'm trying to make sure that it's, you know, I will, for lack of a better word, say fitting this box, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, But then over here, I'm going, yo, let's think outside the box. There is no box. Let's figure this out and let's do it in a creative and unique way that's going to draw some attention, especially now, given that there are, as you mentioned, you laid it out perfectly. I didn't even have to say anything. Right. I just did. there are so many people that have access to cell phones to that have access to dslr cameras have access to studios and and softwares and access to people Mm -hmm. right like i knew it was a thing or social media was a thing when i saw on the actual mainstream news that a famous youtuber had died Mm. right and it was like yo like he's no he's not a he's not a Denzel Washington or like even right now my nine-year-old daughter you're absolutely right it's all about YouTube yeah we had to go get her a smart TV so that she could sit and watch YouTube right Mm -hmm. and 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 she can name these people right this person that person oh that's this show that show Mm -hmm. and in my mind I'm going like, 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 hey, famous. like, they hey, famous. Like, they're not Denzels and Will Smiths and Jadas, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not Angela Bastards, They're not the, they're not movie stars. But in her mind, in the minds of these people that are now coming along in this era, they're going, they're, I mean, they are more relevant and relatable. Yeah. Right? I'd much rather watch my content on YouTube than some, you know, well-drawn-out, written series on Netflix.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? It's the era of reality TV. Right. And so I'm just trying to figure out how we now fit in that space, mm-hmm. how we can provide substance um, and be true to who we are as a brand. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I continue to tell everybody, I say, you'll never see me do a, a whole bunch of challenges and dancing and singing and you know what I mean? Lip syncing and not like that—that's just not who I am. Yeah. Right. But now, if I can go out and grab somebody that is that, that can contribute to the brand, yes, we 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 we're successful. Mm. Um. So again, staying true to our message, our brand, our authentic, authentic sales, but then also making sure that we're we're somewhere in that pocket, somewhere in that stream that's moving forward. Uh, otherwise, you like you know we get left behind. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great note to end on. I really appreciate you coming out today. I know you have a busy schedule. Thank you. This has been awesome. (laughs) Yes, yes. And how can people get in touch with you in Substantial Magazine?
1: Absolutely. So you all, uh, uh, you can just, I mean, reach me via president at substantialmag.com. That is my personal email address. So please, 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 I am always interested in learning more about what is happening in communities, uh, uh, positive stories uh, of, of black and brown people that are doing, again, Substantial Things. Uh, I, you can also reach us uh, via uh, substantial at substantial mag for our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook accounts, um, and of course, uh, I, I always share. I'm just at Greg Who on Twitter. So you know, I'm trying to get my followers up. So y'all, you know, uh, follow me, and I follow you back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you again so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, it's been awesome.